Welcome to the Happy Place podcast. I'm Rina, your host. I'm a Shibari artist, tantric body worker, former dominatrix, and extreme sports athlete. I guide people to their core, creating safe spaces for healing and self-discovery. Since childhood, I've challenged societal norms. Through extreme sports, tantra, unconventional sexuality, and psychedelics, I've discovered profound truths. This podcast is for seekers like me, exploring meaning and spiritual illumination in the midst of life's intensity. Get ready to be inspired, amazed, and transformed as we unravel the mysteries of the happy place. Welcome, episode 23, and this is the magic of role play. Today, I want to talk about actualizing our fantasies in a relationship. This is a very juicy topic for myself because I have so many fantasies and trust me, in my relationship, I had a big struggle actualizing it. You know how it often happens, things that you're expert with, um, you actually end up failing in your personal relationships and then ending up feeling like a total fraud. So now I want to just bring it in the open and share vulnerably that it's not easy when it comes to your intimate relationship, it's not easy to connect deeply and to be open and vulnerable and to have courage to speak up about needs and desires and boundaries. So I totally get it. And today I want to share about role-playing in the relationship, how to actually overcome fears and um, how to avoid miscommunication, how to avoid all sorts of failures on a path of actualizing fantasies and even why, why do you even want to actualize these fantasies? Why it's beautiful, it's important, and it's really conducive to a, a deeper intimacy and deeper connection in your relationship. I find that in a long-term relationship specifically, it's so important to maintain your relationship wisely Maybe initially there is this honeymoon phase and just by seeing your partner, you get turned on. While after some time, it's very natural that we need to get creative. We need to learn more about one another and about intimacy, about building connection and about having difficult conversations, for example. And when it comes to sexuality, sexuality is a strong glue in the relationship, right? And it's easy to ruin it. It's easy to just put it on a back burner and get bored and um, just prioritize other things. And I find that it's very important to get back into intimacy because sexuality is not just um, sexy times and getting off. It's actually a deep union, deep connection between partners. And it's really something that can help soothe other areas in life and evolve together as partners and fall in love with one another again and again. So I trust that prioritizing your intimacy in a relationship is crucial to for this relationship to last. And when it comes to a new relationship, it's also beautiful to start exploring creatively right away instead of waiting for things to become difficult and then open up about desires, fantasies, and um, fetishes and all of that. I feel like it's there is never a wrong time, basically, to communicate 
your desires. Now, let me share a bit more about why it's actually a great practice um, when it comes to our intimacy and sexuality to explore role-playing. A lot of people hear the name role-playing and they immediately go into any negative connotation by that role-playing means something is unhealthy because why don't you want me as I am? Why do I have to be something that I'm not? And um, maybe there is like mistrust or maybe you don't feel safe or like what's wrong with you? And I, I get it. There is a strong perception that there is something shameful and kinky and otherwise unhealthy about it. Maybe it's a sign that you are unhappy in the relationship or maybe you're happy in the relationship, but this will damage the relationship. Some people never even try to communicate about fantasies because of just simply not knowing how to actualize it. It's like, okay, I can speak, but I don't know what to do, right? And then, of course, this familiar fear of screwing things up and embarrassing yourself and your partner. So, you know, when there is fear and there is vulnerability, that means we are on to something. It actually means that there is something valuable underneath it and the fantasy itself might be judged by our critical mind that it's actually so silly and stupid and it's nonsense, but trust me, just like in dreams and um, imagination and creativity, there is a lot of symbolism hidden underneath it and it's so worth exploring it. The desire to role play is not about dissatisfaction with your sex life. It's actually about trust and safety, right? Uh, fear, the desire to role play indicates that you are unhappy in a relationship or that it might damage the relationship. I get it. It's there. And yet it has nothing to do with reality. Actually, role playing in a relationship it's a good sign. It's an indicator of deeper trust and safety between partners. And it means that now you're ready to take relationship to the next level. Perhaps with previous partners, you never had a chance to explore it. And now that you do, it makes this relationship particularly beautiful and valuable. I can share my own vulnerable example that when I was in a relationship for a long time, though it was my longest relationship, and I would try to communicate with my partner that I want to play out some role-play fantasies. I want to get tied up. and He would laugh. He would think it's so silly. Why would you do this? It's all good anyway. And then I remember I found um, a professional who was specializing in dominating and making fantasies come true, and I hired him to <laughs> play with me. And when we played, I opened up so deeply and we had such an intimate connection. And there was a time period that I was so in love with this person who made my fantasies come true. It was so beautiful and powerful. And that was also something I wished I experienced in my relationship. Of course, it's great when um, there is a professional help available, but having this accomplished in the privacy, in the commitment, in the safety of your relationship with the beloved is priceless. That's why I feel this little lecture on actualizing your fantasies can 
help you and can inspire you and can make your juices flowing so you can take at least one step in the direction of actualizing your fantasies. So what are the steps? How do you actually make your fantasy come true? So first of all, <laughs> choosing your fantasy. Like, do you know what your fantasy is? Some people will say like, well, I don't really have a fantasy. Well, bear with me. I will share that you actually do. It's all about digging deeper underneath the surface of your thinking mind. But I'll go right into it later. Let me share the other steps. The first one is choosing the fantasy. Second one is communicating it to your partner. Third is preparing for your play because when it comes to fantasy exploration, there has to be certain preparation done. And then getting into your roles. And then the final step is getting back into real life. So let me continue with exactly the steps. So first of all is what is your fantasy? Some of us are very clear, like, huh, this is what I want to uh, accomplish. And there is an issue of shame. Uh, some of us don't have any shame at all. And then it makes it easier. Here you go. You have your fantasy and you're ready to communicate it next step. But let me talk to those who are still hesitant and doubting. And I can just give also overall a recommendation of what kind of fantasies can be really harmonizing for you, for your psyche, as well as for your relationship. So the idea is such that our fantasies don't come to us randomly. They are certain language, symbolic language of our subconscious mind that communicates what's missing, what's lacking in our life. One of the most classic examples is the distribution of power, unequal distribution of power in a controlled, in a safe environment. So, of course, in our normal life, we want to be equal and it feels good to have same rights, you know, when it comes to work, when it comes to relationship, we want to be equal. And yet there is a drive for not being equal for power exchange. There is a desire, there is a deep desire for that. And it's interesting to investigate the roots of it because the the roots are running deep. Um, there is obvious evolutionary desire for power to compete, to succeed, to be the powerful one. Yes, it's definitely there. No need to explain. And at the same time, there is a desire for total powerlessness for total surrender in a way it's like coming back into the womb like when you are fully held and safe and warm and loved and supported and everything is done for you and there is nothing you have to do everything is taken care of and imagine those situations in life where you are really into gaining power and imagine some situations in life where you feel like I just want to drop any control of my shoulders. I want things just to happen on its own. And I want to feel held and loved and taken care of. I imagine you can find certain memories or ideas about that. And what I'm trying to point at is that no matter how much we are striving for equality in life, there is inequality underneath it all. And there is a certain... Um, imbalance of power happening. So for many of us, there is a lot of control on our shoulder. We are over 
doing, overachieving, having too much control and too much power. And for many of us, there is an opposite situation. We feel like powerless victims of life itself, that we feel really helpless to do anything. Like it can be, of course, some classic example of being a housewife who is kind of just not having much to make choice about or control anything, like doesn't really make any decisions. And underneath it, there can be a strong drive to be different. Or it can be a situation where someone is so much into being nice and kind and serving others and following other people's order and they just love it. Well, underneath it all, there is also a desire to go in the opposite extreme to actually be um, a dominant bitch, for example, and give others strict orders. And going into morality, some of us are, might be like very sweet and humble and kind and loving and bubbly and soft and just want to make everyone around happy. And then there is an opposite part that is not fulfilled. So what I'm trying to say that nature has it all. And when we are leaning only towards one side, the pendulum has to swing into the other side. So actually dome and sub fantasy, it's such a common denominator in a lot of BDSM scenarios. It's actually the idea of explore power, to explore what it's like to have power over someone and to actually give up any control and power. And I explore both sides and I can tell you it's all very delicious because when you have so much power, there is a sense that it is, I can just do anything. I cannot go wrong. And for me, experiencing myself being a dominatrix has helped me to get out of that habitual people pleaser, good girl mode because being less people pleaser and good girl underneath it all there is this shame and that fear of screwing things up and desire to just do it right no matter what just to please give me a chance i will make it right this kind of mentality and when i became a professional dominatrix this is when I experienced a power trip. This is where I had men submitting to me like naked, splat in front of me on the floor and me in my leather and high heels, stepping above them, over them, all over them, like really scratching their bodies, my high heels, pinching their nipples and having this deep power trip, which felt almost immoral in a way because, wow, I can do anything to this man. He will let me and he will rejoice in it and he will celebrate me for that. And there was this feeling that is so intoxicating, the feeling that I cannot go wrong. No matter what I do, I will do it right. It will be right. And of course, there is all the boundaries in communication. Um, but at the same time, it's important to mention the key element of being in power. And now when you are exploring powerless, it's also intoxicating because someone does everything for you. It's a choiceless receiving. And yes, there is, of course, safe words and boundaries, consent and so on. But within the framework of that, there is this choiceless receiving just do anything with me, ravish me, slap me, smash me, humiliate me or love me, cuddle me, 
embrace me, anything. I will take it all from you. I will take anything. I'm yours. Use me. So this deep surrender is the final quality of being submissive. And when both partners experience that high, it's so uniting. It's so beautiful. It's like we go in the opposite directions and make a full circle and meet in the middle, that place of powerlessness and power becomes one. It's like a non-dual state in a way. It's a very spiritual experience, by the way. <sighs> so going further, this is one inspiration about power exchange. And yet, when it comes to role-playing, there are so many different creative ideas. I'm going to give you a list right now. And perhaps you will pick up on some. I want you to listen to it very carefully and attentively. And as you listen, watch the reaction in your body. If there is a reaction, there is something there for you. And reaction can be strong like, fuck yes. Or reaction can be, oh, what's wrong with you? Like kind of a strong disgust, for example, or like, no way, never, never me. So as long as there is some strong reaction, this is a sign that there might be something in this fantasy. If I say this name and you just, eh, nothing in me, nothing there, like you're bored, this, this is a sign that it's probably not for you. So as long as there is a certain visceral reaction in your psyche, in your body, there is something to explore. So, doctor and patient, a classic one, right? No mercy, nursy. I definitely went to see a dominatrix one for that. There is a famous dom in Austin who is a medical dominatrix and being in her office <laughs> was like being in a movie. I'm being examined by a doctor, but that doctor has some cruel intention. And then she eventually ties me up to a gynecological chair and just pinches me and probes me and just tries different experiments on me. And I'm all naked and open and exposed and there is nothing that I can do. And she has all the control over me. Next one is boss and employee. Classic one again. Going to see your employee and being seduced or seducing them or about to get fired and having some really kinky, cruel deal negotiated, lots of possibilities. Teacher and students, when you have a teacher and student scenario, oh, so much can go horribly wrong and you can use your imagination where you want to take it. Mother and son, father and daughter, nanny and child. So fantasies are totally above and beyond any of morals. This is where all these morals don't exist. These are things that you don't do in your real life. These things that you would never want. Like, why would I ever want my doctor to take advantage of me and do all kinds of kinky experiments on my, on their gynecological chair? That would be horrible. I would totally sue this doctor and get them into big trouble for that. But when it comes to consensual play space, it's a whole different story. This is where this is adventure and you can really squeeze the juice out of this adventure, knowing that you're so safe and everything is great and you will be all right and you can always pick up if something gets way too intense in your old play scenario. Um, nanny and child. 
superhero combination, Wonder Woman, Poison Ivy, Batman, Batgirl, Robin, Black Widow, Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Superman, <laughs> you name it. Delivery person. That's actually one of my personal fantasies. I have a fantasy that I'm dressing up and I'm wearing some sexy lingerie and then someone knocks the door and I'm thinking, oh, that must be my beloved. But I open the door and instead there is a FedEx guy and they see me in, um, in my lingerie and I get seduced or I get forced into things. <laughs> you can choose your own. Innocent girl and a rapist. Yeah, I'm speaking of taboo fantasy. Here we are. We're going into a darker side. And this is an opportunity to really go deep into your shadow. All right. Because this is this polarity that you never want to encounter in your life. And specifically for those who already had some kind of experience of non-consensual uh, intimacy with someone, it can be an opportunity for healing if you have certain skills, uh, such as being trauma-informed and understanding how to navigate certain psychological activation when your nervous system goes into fight and flight zone. However, I would not recommend you to make this your first fantasy. Start with something lighter. You don't want to go for something that deep and heavy unless it feels playful because it's very common. I hear from a lot of my friends, a lot of women share with me that they have rape fantasies. They want to be this innocent, sweet girl. And then there is a maniac that attacks them from a bush and forces them to have sex with them in different ways. So if this feels rather playful and fun for you, go for it. If it starts to feel really heavy, like even just hearing that, there is a good chance that it's there is certain trauma leaves in you in regards to that. And then you can still do it, just do it with a lot of caution. This is when both people have to be trauma-informed and have a certain skills and navigating when uh, there is an activation taking place. Going further, airport security passenger, right? Do you know that feeling when an airport security tells you that they need to touch you around your crotch area and around your breast area? So there you go. Undercover CIA KGB agent. Funny enough, when I was a professional dominatrix, I was hired for that quite regularly because of my Russian accent. I had to play a role of undercover or KGB agent, someone who seduces a high-ranking official and then ties them up or restrains them and tortures them to get the information out. Strangers at night or a slot at night and kidnapper. That was a wild fantasy we played in my dungeon days where a man dressed up in, in a slot outfit and I played a maniac who was kidnapping that slot and taking her into my room and just using her for my pleasure. Consider that wild fantasy. Cop, someone who, someone got pulled over. There you go. If you have some police fantasy, this is a good one for you. Fighting hating and wrestling. So I'm a woman who is avoiding fights in life. I will be the one who will keep peace in my connection. I will be the last person to start a fight. And if the fight begins, I will not get involved. Well, guess what? In my fantasy, in the realm of my imagination, I fantasize of fighting with my partner 
and fighting and fighting. And when I fight, I will really mean it. I will be kicking and scratching and spitting and I'll be really strong and nasty, but I want my partner to be able to withstand it, to win me. And once he wins me, he can do anything. <laughs> Next one, landlord, and your rent is post due. You go to your landlord office and they tell you that your rent is post due and you negotiate it somehow that it's taken care of. <laughs> uh, porn performers, right? Have you considered filming your own porn? Like it doesn't have to be seen by anyone. You don't even have to film it, to be honest with you. You can pretend that you do and make it into a fun porn performance. Hot yoga teacher, students. Hmm. So it can go in different ways. It can be a teacher who gets seduced. It can be a student being in downward dog while teacher is correcting their posture. You use your imagination. Long distance loving. Hmm. Pretend that you are in a long distance. It's especially fun if a couple lives together for a while and there is no long distance. And guess what? According to Jack Marine, um, our author of book Erotic Mind, distance is what creates passion. When there is some someone who is not reachable physically somehow, there is a desire to get closer to this person. And this is how you create it. You go to different rooms and you grab your phone and you pretend that you're so far away from each other and you create phone sex scenario. <laughs> Next one is the flight attendant and passenger. I don't know how about you, but in the country where I grew up, there is this quite a common fetish of a stewardess, someone who serves you on a flight. Um, you can consider if this turns you on. Fitness trainer fantasy. Sexy android program for pleasure, future human, hmm. vampire and victim. What do you think of that? Security officer, smugglers, wife, husband trying her underwear. Hmm. Wife comes home and then she sees her husband trying on her underwear. What to do? Hmm. Alien abduction scene, if you want to go in that direction. Sexy firefighter. I find firefighters really sexy. I definitely have that fantasy of calling uh, firefighters saying that I have fire at home and then they show up and I'm wearing my lingerie and I say, oh, I'm on fire. Please help me. And, you know, getting help from a strong, courageous firefighter. That's right. Hypnotism, being hypnotized. Have you tried exploring hypnosis? Have you ever been to trance right now? You can consider using some Ericksonian inductions to really take someone into trance. Play with that. A model photographer. Yeah, it's so hot when you're posing in front of camera. And what happens if your photographer gets turned on and they just cannot hold the camera still anymore? Um, someone in their human furniture. Imagine yourself being a piece of furniture for for someone, for your loved one. It's a very simple role. You just stay there, don't move, and that's it. And you're being used whenever, however it pleases them, because when you when there is a piece of furniture, nobody asks their permission and nobody considers them because it's just an object. So consider trying being an object. 
for your beloved, maybe doormats, maybe footrest, maybe a table, maybe a chair, maybe a rug, anything. And animal play, dog play, say woof. Now train your dog to be disciplined or cats or horse and the owner. Consider different animals out there and how would you transform your partner into one? Maybe a puppy or maybe a horse, right? You want to ride your horse? <laughs> so these are some scenarios that you might find interesting. And I can give you a couple of unusual ones to spice things up. So guy who has a crush on me taking advantage of him by cross-dressing him as a slut and making him dance like a virgin to Madonna song. This is a challenge for a guy who has a crush on me. How would he go about this? A prostitute in red boots on a street and then a wealthy client buys her for the night. This is a pretty woman kind of scene that she's like there and young and pretty and um, he's passing by in a fancy car and negotiates the price. You can really make it as elaborate as that. Um, kidnap scenario, kidnapping a sexy slut at night and raping her. Boyfriend forgot Valentine's Day and I decide to torture him. Hmm. Yeah, he forgot Valentine's Day. Oh my God, bad for him. I decide to tie him up and tease the hell out of him and then put my panties in his mouth and just go away. So I hope that tickled you a bit and we'll go to the next step right now. The next step is communicating with your partner because how you communicate really matters, right? Consider taking it slowly. Consider opening up slowly, right? It's really important to not dump it all in the middle of nowhere, like just when your partner has a busy day or stressed out and here you come with your fantasy. No, create a very intimate time together where you start slowly opening up and opening up and opening up and asking them more questions. And then perhaps even giving certain quote from, it's so easy to find anywhere on the internet, why role-playing with your partner is very healthy, or even just having this podcast as a reference that, hey, actually, I've heard that role-playing can really spice up our intimate life. And I wanted to explore something wild and crazy. Maybe we can start slowly though, but this is something that I have in mind. And um, you can even give, him, give them a few ideas, like to really uh, give some options and like really listen to what they respond. And yeah, you can also share right away that I'm about to share something really vulnerable and tender for me. I want you to treat it with care, um, just to prepare your partner that this is not easy in case this is the case for you. And don't go right away for the wildest fantasy. Start off with something a little easier. Like, how do you feel about spanking me? Like, oh yeah, I would totally spank you. Great. And how about role-playing this fantasy? How about I will be a bad girl who got a bad grade in school and I come home and my daddy puts me over the knee and then spanks me. And okay, I, I can go with that. And uh, what else? And then you go into more details. And yeah, 
it's a very vulnerable and beautiful step towards intimacy, communicating your fantasy with your partner and hearing them, hearing them. And it's good to stay really open and curious. And if someone doesn't resonate with your fantasy, don't treat it as rejection. Consider talking more and finding a fantasy where you both feel enthusiastic to make it happen. There shouldn't be a sense of sacrifice that, okay, I guess I'll do it for you. No, you want to find something that clicks for both of you, that feels thrilling and enthusiastic. And then preparing for your play, like how detail or vague do you want it? Do you want to imagine everything do you, or you actually want to prepare a lot of tools for that do you want to have everything mapped out do you want to have a script or do you want to improvise a lot of things so it's really up to you there is no right way to do it but what's important is to pick a time when you know that you will not be distracted because the last thing you want in the midst of your role play is when your child all of a sudden needs you and here you are wearing a firefighter outfit you really don't want to be pulled out of such precious time together with your partner now i will tell you that dressing up really helps to get into the character you're about to play and Changing up scene is also important. So maybe taking it into a hotel, maybe Airbnb in a place. It's helpful to go somewhere where it's not so familiar. Actually, renting a dungeon space is a really fun adventure. I would have loved if I had a partner who would once make a surprise for me and rent a dungeon space and would take me there. And uh, yeah, Use this, take advantage of bondage furniture and use it for the sake of your role that we've chosen. Um, what's really important that you might feel uncomfortable or awkward at first, but remember, this is just a fun new experience for your partner. Really don't take it so seriously. Don't be attached to results. Like really, it's all fun and games. Even if it ends up being an epic fail, you can just laugh at it. Just let go of your inhibition. And pretending to be someone else, it can be very exhilarating. Now, getting into your roles and getting back into your life. This is an interesting process because one of the objections to role playing is that it's people find that it's, um, it's challenging to get into roles and um, play out certain character and disregard the fact that we are such familiar people to one another. It's not who we are. So I suggest that you can make certain practices and exercising exercises in order to make this happen. First of all, you go into a separate space, close your eyes and take a few breaths. And as you take a few breaths, you can give yourself an instruction that right now I'm putting aside my habitual identity of Rina. I'm not Rina right now. I put it right on this pillow. She will wait for me here. Taking a deep breath and letting go of this habitual identity, putting it right on that pillow and becoming nobody. And then while being nobody, you take on a new identity and you name it and you're saying right now, I'm a nurse. <laughs> I'm a kinky nurse or whatever you want to name it. Like just give it a name and take a deep breath and just imagine like a dress that you're putting on, which is helpful if you have a physical clothes that you're putting on. And as you put on that 
dress, you're putting on this identity and you're feeling your body, you're feeling your energy, feeling your emotions, feeling yourself on every possible level. And that's when you come out to explore with your partner. And now some people might feel afraid, like, huh, what if I get in the role so deeply that I will not be able to put it aside? Guess what? You will be able to put it aside because you go back to the same room and breathe again and say, now I'm putting my nurse away into a storage and I'm putting back on my normal identity. I'm back to Rena. And if both partners can do it, it's super helpful. And one thing to mention is that role-playing requires people to believe that they don't look foolish or if they do, they just really don't care. And remember that both of you or one of you might need some aftercare or downtime after playing. It's actually not a sign of failure. It's quite the opposite. It means that you went quite deep and something tender got triggered within. So it just means that giving some tender time, checking in with each other, what kind of aftercare is important, what's needed. And maybe cuddles, maybe hot baths, maybe just being alone for a little bit. So it's absolutely normal there. There needs to be some downtime after exploring. And even if there are tears, because certain role play experience can provoke things. I think there was only one time in my life where um, our role play, we felt like it really went bad. But as I look back, it didn't go bad. There was an identity crisis for my partner because we took role play really deep. We played like some taboo scenario, which initially felt like fun. But once we started to playing, uh, my partner didn't realize that he will be so cracked open. And as he went home, he had an identity crisis and it took me many days to have a lot of conversation and give him a lot of love and care and help him to get back into himself. But I don't think this is failure. I think this is a beautiful opportunity of self-exploration, self-love. And actually, trust me, after that experience, after we went through fun role play and then through his crisis where I held his hand through all of it, finally being with him when he recovered and went back into embracing me. That was so precious. Our lovemaking went so much deeper. Our intimacy really skyrocketed because we saw each other in the playfulness as well as in the sorrow and pain and identity crisis. It was really needed. It united us more than ever before. And we found a really precious moment that it actually happened in our life that we had a chance to experience something like this because, you know, we could have stayed in our comfort zone, but that was a sign that we were courageous enough to get out of this comfort zone, to play certain roles that we are not habituated to play. And then when experiencing difficulties, not treated as failure, but to actually embrace each other even deeper. So if there is a rupture happening in the midst of role-playing, treat it as an opportunity. And of course, if it happens right in the midst of role-playing, the heat of it, really make a step back, slow down. You don't need to 
play until the end if something starts to get too much. But often people experience it in the afterglow of play when the play is over and the next day comes especially and then all of a sudden you have a wave of shame like how could I've played this? If certain role that you play which is so different from your normal life, right? And all of a sudden you end up enjoying it. Like for example, initially you decided to play a cross-dresser, like a man who gets to be sissified and dressed into women's clothes. And this is opposite of your identity because normally you're an alpha man. And all of a sudden you end up enjoying it and you have fun with this and you get off and you have a wild orgasm while being a sissy slut. And it's not... Um, it's not a surprise that next morning you might feel ashamed because everything you thought you were was this alpha man that like a strong masculine identity. And then you played sissy sluts and all of a sudden you had fun with it. And there can be this dissonance within yourself. Like, why do I enjoy this? And it can manifest as shame, as regret, as resentment. Like all of this can come to the surface. So uh, my recommendation that it's normal, don't treat it as failure. Give yourself a beautiful hug from within and also hug from your partner. Communicate that, hey, I feel tender right now. Something got touched in me yesterday. I need you. So being humble enough to tell your partner, I feel hurt, I feel tender, I feel triggered, and I need your support right now. This can be such a beautiful gesture in the relationship to come together even closer, not to let thoughts that this was wrong and I'm a failure or you're a failure, it's your fault. Like, no, don't let those judgmental thoughts penetrate your field. Allow space for vulnerability, allow to embrace one another in this tenderness. And I guarantee you, it will feel so much better on the other side. And this comes to a conclusion. And I'm really curious to hear your feedback, if this resonated with you. Um, if you end up trying role-playing your relationship, I'm so curious to hear how it goes. Do not hesitate to contact me. I read my messages and I read the comments in the feedback session. And um, please don't hesitate to give any kind of reflection on everything I shared here when it comes to role play. And uh, if you want to dive deeper with me, if you'd love more guidance, one of the offerings that I currently have is my online course, Underline World. It's a tantric BDSM immersion. We go so much deeper into different aspects of BDSM. It can be power exchange. It can be different pain and pleasure, tease and denial. But we go into psychology such as Jungian archetypes and shadow work. And then we also go into spirituality, shamanic ascent, shamanic descent, deities, channeling and self-inquiry, how to take your BDSM play into spiritual realm. What's really important in this course that it's online entirely. You can join from anywhere around the world. And we really focus on creating a community because I want to unite people who are interested in Tantra and BDSM together because we are a precious bunch. We need to communicate, connect, and be able to speak the same language to one another. So there is a, a lot of emphasis on community and we also meet via Zoom weekly to go deeper into many other delicious subjects. Please reach out to me or there is a link to registration in your in the bio. 
on not in bio and show notes we are in a podcast <laughs> and i'm going to leave you a discount code right there in show notes so you can take advantage of that and join me and i'm wishing you a beautiful day stay curious use your imagination stay kinky and go wild bye bye